0: And I'm Mary McCourt. Welcome back this week as we talk about something a little more pleasant <laughs> than last week, which was very difficult to listen to, I'm sure. Yeah. This week we're going to discuss This Is Guar. <laughs> it's probably not how I should say it, but it's a Shutter Pick mm-hmm. and it was done in 2021. It's an hour and 52 minutes long,
1: directed by Scott Barber. I loved it. It was so fun. My kid watched it with me most of it, um, and Mm -hmm. he was like, "Can we go to a Guar show?" And I'm like, "I don't, I literally don't know, because he's 15, and uh, we had talked about it It comes to the Vogue, which is a, uh,
0: it's yeah, it's a bar,
1: yeah. They'll be here in September this year. Okay, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, but it is at the Vogue, so no, he can't
1: go. Okay, well, I mean, something to look forward to when he's of age, (laughs) right? Fuck tattoos, we're going to (laughs) Guar. But I like. I guess it really caught me off guard because I consider myself a person who knows some shit about music. Mm-hmm. but I didn't even know about them until we kind of stumbled across it when work and you were making fun of me. Cause I'm like, what's GWAR? <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> they will forever be known as GWAR to me now. I know. That's like it. that's where yeah. they are. So I really learned quite a bit and I love them. How fun. Mm-hmm. I just know I'm not going to stand in the front. Mm-hmm. I don't see it in the front of any show, more so because you just get
0: squished to death,
2: yes. literally mm-hmm. in some
0: cases, I'm sure. I'll be in the back comfortably on the sidelines because at the Vogue, they have tables in the side, so you can they just do. sit and enjoy. And guess what? You still get bargoed, so it's fine.
1: it's fine. I like to think that I, it's not that I'm cool, I'm just old and, you know... I don't want to be in the front of any... I don't love anything that much that I need to be right in front. Yeah. It's like, I want some elbow room. Thanks a lot. Mm-hmm. I just mm. don't
0: want that many people that close to me, period. doesn't matter where mm-hmm. I am.
1: mm Yeah. i have never rocked out that hard. Uh, so it opens with one of their roadies hooking up some blood tanks. And he's going on and on about, like, well, in the olden times, we used to have to hook him up to a toilet or whatever. <laughs> it's like, they needed a <laughs> butt available water line and kind of was like now there's no maggots in the lines and stuff like we've come a long way baby it's so funny and i'm like that's just where it starts sure. that's where it starts yeah what are we yeah. getting into what the hell yeah, yeah. it's pretty yeah. magnificent
0: and they have a ton of people in this documentary they have alex winter who as we know is from bill and ted and lost boys and a lot of other things mm-hmm. and he described guar as a big bloody violent sexual theatrical rock show yeah that does it that sums it up pretty well
1: i mean from the footage that you see which there's copious footage Mm -hmm. and that makes a documentary for me because it's live show action and it is magnificent (laughs) 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 like shit you wouldn't even believe i mean that's the best part right yeah
0: right weird al who Cracks me up that he's in this, but he's, like, Weird Al's beloved by everybody, right? Right. He's delightful. Totally yeah. He describes Guar as, basically, they're the barbarian interplanetary warriors mm-hmm. who play heavy metal music and shoot various bodily fluids all over the audience.
1: Yep. Succinct. Yes. So,
0: they've been around for, like, ever? <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, it is a heavy metal band in theory, but they're mostly an art collective. And I love that, that really, these are all just artists.
1: Yes. That part was fascinating to me. They kind of started off in Richmond, Virginia. Mm -hmm. And I wrote Happening Punk Scene, which I'm like, anytime you can describe it as (laughs) Happening, I get very excited. Right, right. At a joint called The Dairy. And it, at one point, had been a dairy. And then it was just sort of a free-for-all Who for whoever really wanted to go in there. It seemed that rent may have been a suggestion <laughs> okay. for some of that. But it was sort of an unused space that was available to people at the art college and whatnot that wanted to get freaky and some shit. I don't know. Right. And I'm guessing
0: VCU had a pretty good art department because there are a lot of kids going to school for art there. Mm-hmm. That seems like... Okay, I'm going to put it out there and you guys can tear me apart. Art seems like a weird thing to go to school for because I feel like either you're good at art or you're not good at art. So I'm not sure really what
1: you learn in school for art. Agreed. And even here you can kind of see that because these are extremely talented people who got foo-fooed off because they wanted to draw comic books. Or they wanted to do performance art or Mm -hmm. whatever it was that was not the the thing of the day, right? What was Mm -hmm. selling now? What was popular at the time right and that's really what art's all about sometimes it's impressionism and sometimes it's andy warhol's campbell cans and so the, i guess i'm like isn't the spirit of art that you don't it's like porn you know it when you see it <laughs> <laughs> you never seen that. just like that, right yes. it's a form of art <laughs> i mean isn't art just supposed to make you feel something good
0: or bad I would think for the artists, it's a way of expressing themselves one way or the other. It's a way of getting emotion out. It's a way of telling people what you want, right? And then mm-hmm. people can take it however they want. I, people like Jackson Pollock. And I think I am the least artistic person in the world and I could fucking do that. I can splatter some paint, right? right. But it's probably more complicated than that. Well, so. I mean, but
1: it's weird shit like you can shit in a can and that's art. I mean, it's... <laughs> I mean, this is, I don't know. I, I could not tell you what the definition of good art is.
0: Oh, I don't think there is one. I like, in Mona Lisa's Smiles, she makes a comment. I think it was Kirsten Dunn's character who said, art is mm-hmm. only art when someone says it's art. Aunt Julia Roberts said, it's art. <laughs> yep, there you go. Someone said it was yes. art. That's it. It's all take. Yeah.
1: Now, please also notice that this is two scientists talking about art. <laughs>
0: We appreciate it as much as we can because neither one of us are probably fucking creative. Yeah.
1: I'm like, look, can you define it? Is there a suitability range (laughs) that I can quantify as art? Like I don't. So I think it's hard for us to like, just Mm -hmm. accept that it is or it is not. I don't know. So.
0: But maybe it's easier for us because
1: I don't have any of those narrow
0: definitions in my brain. I'm just, I look at something that makes me smile and that makes me happy and it's, it
1: can be art. Sure. Whatever. Right. 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 Let's talk about Hunter Jackson. He's mm. got a commercial art degree, but again, he's uh, not accepted by the powers that be at the no. school. Mm-mm. He's trying to write a movie or trying to get it produced or various, you know, aspects of getting a movie done. Scum dogs of the universe.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> fucking love it. Then he runs into Chuck Varga, who's into horror and sci-fi and D and D.
0: They all play
1: yeah. D&D. Yeah. And then there's Don Draculich. Draculich? How do you say that?
0: Draculich! I don't know. Yeah, you've got it. Just <laughs> That's fine. what
1: we're going for. <laughs> yeah. And he's the one or one of them that wants to write some fantasy comic book stuff. He wants to be an artist in that. And they're all kind of in the same category where they're on the aisle of misfit artist toys. <laughs> you get to <a> band <laughs> together to get this done. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think art school told all of them, you guys, everything that you guys
1: like is stupid. Just stop it. Yes. That's horrible. I love comic book art. Like, I don't know anything about it, Mm -hmm. but it's fantastic. And so it floors me. And as popular as it is that people, I mean, like, granted, this was in the 80s, but people shitting all over it. Like, it is huge.
0: People shitting all over anybody's art blows my mind. I mean, I joke about Jackson Pollock, but You know, in reality, if you're going to put yourself out there like that, good for you. Even if it's not Mm -hmm. my taste, good for you. Fucking do it. Right. Yeah. You
1: know? If you can make a living at it also, you won.
0: Right. So they're renting this space in the dairy and putting together the stuff for this movie, this sci-fi movie Mm -hmm. that is Hunter's idea. And right on the other side of the wall happens to be the rehearsal space for a punk band called Death Piggy, which I fucking love.
1: <laughs> I also love that name.
0: <laughs> yeah. And Hunter really liked the music for Death Piggy, and he wanted the music for his movie to be punk, right? hmm And so it just kind of worked well that they started working together. Now, Dave Brocky was the lead singer of Death Piggy. He kind of put this band together.
2: He was mm-hmm. known for
0: his theatrics. They talk about a time where he once filled a pinata with candy Quarters and cat shit, and then of course they burst it open during a show, and all these kids are on the ground trying to find quarters, and they're digging through cat shit to get quarters. And I'm like, that's, uh, it's a bit much on the performance art side
1: for me, but sure. (laughs) It's a quarter, man. Let it be. I hope they all have some kind of good nail brushes so they can get all that out Mm. when they go home. Yeah,
0: you know punks are really well known for their well manicured hands.
1: (laughs) Right, I'm just (laughs) what I think about. Gets down in there, you're fucked. It's going to be difficult to get that out. Okay,
0: it's interesting because people describe Dave Brocky like one he had so much energy he was always always on all the time Mm -hmm. but also with a few exceptions almost everyone describes feeling really happy around him like he makes everyone feel good
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Hunter at times I think would disagree with that statement but we'll get to that later so one day Dave comes over to the other side if you will and tells Hunter and them, I have a great idea. Why don't we take these costumes that you're using for your sci-fi show? Movie, sorry. Your sci-fi mm-hmm. movie. And why don't we put them on and open up for ourselves as like a different band? Yeah. And <laughs> they did it. And it was, they called it Gwarg. Like, <laughs> I don't know why it came up with that name, but I love it so much. Right. So this is 1985. And that is the origin of Guar, although originally it had a gh on the end but sure Mm -hmm. they didn't really practice they just kind of went out there in these costumes and i mean that's the definition of punk they just started jamming out and it sucked
1: (laughs) right i mean that's what we've learned right so far (laughs) from the other punk docs that we've done is like nobody really gives a shit if it's any good at all they just want to just see a show
0: yep and it's funny because hunter who was also in there like they take them up on stage in that and He's like, he kind of justified it, by like, oh, this would totally be a scene of my movie. This is totally be a scene of my movie. Mm-hmm. That's how he could justify it. But they
1: kind of never became a movie. <laughs> well, I mean, I think they found acceptance. I think they had a little bit of, uh, I, I don't know, they got a little ground, a little traction. Mm-hmm. So this is a lot of different people, a lot of different artists contributing to this vibe so mm-hmm. it sounds to me like there were absolutely no bad ideas that ever were proposed <laughs> like it's the anti you know brainstorming session where yeah. you're like I-, I think i've got something and then people are like this is so stupid i think they were like absolutely we're gonna put that in mm-hmm. just come up with a mock-up or whatever you do right and they made it happen all the way till they got a uh, invitation to come to the schaefer court which is a big it's a place where actual bands play so they had a it was a bit of a Uh, debut (laughs) debut Debut? yeah (laughs) a debut absolutely so the way they describe it is there's dinosaurs there's a dinosaur fighting a cockroach Mm -hmm. as they do yeah terrorists take over the stage there's an airplane engine that like zooms down and crushes someone or some shit like that Mm -hmm. and also there may or may not have been some music
0: I think in between, if not, maybe the audience (laughs) sang
1: some songs. Yeah, Right, Kumbaya, something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, it's
1: a big show.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Hunter talks about a lot of the early stuff that they did was financed Mm -hmm. by him as a prison guard. Now, were you a little surprised that Hunter was a prison guard? Or was it just me that I was like, had to rewind and listen again?
1: I mean, maybe they were really looking for people. I don't know.
0: (laughs) I was just like, oh, okay. It just... Seems like an odd job for someone who's punk. But he, you know, he talked about he was financing a lot of that. He gets an offer to move to Detroit. I don't, better prison? I don't know. He doesn't describe why he moved to Detroit.
1: (laughs) What the draw was for Detroit? Feels like there would be a few things, but what do I know?
0: Well, he makes a comment. He said, I was just a kid from the sticks who always wanted to live in the big city, so I couldn't turn it down. I'm like, even if you want to live in the big city, Detroit does not seem like the one you want to go to. So yeah, so Hunter moves to Detroit for some unknown reason, because trust me, in the 80s, even now, but in the 80s, Detroit was not.
1: Do you think it was to work with white boy Rick?
0: I hope so. I do too. But he was gone for like a year. And Mm -hmm. everyone was like, as soon as we decide decide to get serious, everyone's like quitting. So the only ones that are still left now are like Don and Dave, Mm -hmm. who wanted to continue the group. And so they get new peeps. They do. Now, you described this band as the menudo of heavy metal, and I really like that. I think that was the most appropriate (laughs) description I've heard.
1: (laughs) Sweet. I'm glad I came up with, you know, something that made you very happy. Mm -hmm. The names of all of this, I love it so much.
0: Okay. They have new characters. They're getting new people. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. now have latex rubber, which is... A big to-do. I think it was mm-hmm. funny because they were like, one of the biggest breakthroughs was latex rubber and it was used to make the Chernobyl cockroach. And I'm like, is that ironic? Because they use latex to tamp down the radioactive yeah.
1: liquid plastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. hundred uh-huh. percent. It's all tied back together. There were several instances where I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so funny.
0: Let's see. We have, we talked to Kim Dilla. She was Volvatron. Okay. And you don't really talk to her that much. She was a very kind of small piece. I don't remember yes. ever seeing her on stage, but I've only seen him a mm-hmm. handful of times. Mike Bishop was Beefcake the Mighty. There you go. Mm-hmm. He played bass. They don't really see it at first, but Dave Brocky is Odorous Orangus.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So looks like Mike Dirks is Ballsack, Jaws of Death, mm-hmm. which might be my favorite one. He plays lead guitar. Yeah. Yep. Brad Roberts
0: is de Gusha. <laughs> He's the drummer.
1: (laughs) You'd have to be some tripped out fucking artist to come up with this shit. I love it. No, they're like 12
0: year old boys, right? I love
1: it. (laughs) Listen, if you see any of these people
0: now with the exception of Hunter, they all look like they could work in a cube next to you,
1: right? They're just the most
0: normal looking people.
1: Yeah. (laughs) A lot of dad vibe going on there. (laughs) A lot of dad vibe. (laughs) Brad was like, I meant to use Guar as like a stepping stone in my career. And here I am, 30, 40 years later, still in GWAR. It's awesome. I'm like, how do you go back to a nine to five after that? Like, there's no way.
0: No. Danielle Stamp, she was sly menstrual And I love that she took the fact that most people are afraid of menstruation. Like it's taboo, even though 50% of the world deals with this every month. Mm -hmm. So she became a sex symbol with a bloody crotch. Yes, she did. Hunter Jackson did come back as Techno Destructo, essentially there to get control of Guar or destroy Guar, so it was somewhat autobiographical. (laughs)
1: Life imitates art.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We meet Bob Gorman, who is an art slave. Matt McGuire, who's also an art slave. He was Hunter's assistant for a while, but Hunter doesn't seem to do well with people who might be as good as him. He wants everyone to be kind of less than him, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of pissing contest energy coming out of this after a while. I I think once you figured out that this wasn't gonna go away, that people enjoyed this and it was you were kinda getting some fame off of it, then mm-hmm. that's really when some of that started to come up. Like when there weren't any stakes, when there wasn't any money, like they didn't give a shit and it was fine. Yeah. Neat how that works, right? hmm And
0: they talk about touring in school buses that they kind of rip the seats out and put Couches in and spray painted the outside of it with gems like Ed Gaines' mom's bus or car or something and anarchy symbols. So, of course, I got pulled over a lot. Mm-hmm. Although, in the second bus, they did have a bathroom. So, well, I mean, <laughs> of their own making. <laughs> Please don't drive too close behind them. No, it was just a funnel that kicked everything right out of the bus to
1: the car behind them
0: or whatever was behind them. So, yeah,
1: they're like, well, they were just. The windshield wipers came on at a fury <laughs> trying to clean our urine off their windshield. Oh, it wasn't a convertible. Yikes. Yeah. Okay.
0: But yeah, I mean, they all talk about those early days driving across country. I mean, of course they had problems in that, but it, there were great memories. Mm-hmm. There was a fun mm-hmm. time. They would play D D. Dave would actually read books to them.
1: So is it like a Christmas Eve? Like I, my and mom and her cap. and <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <So> funny. <Yeah. laughs> We
0: meet Brian Slegel, who's the CEO of Metal Blade Records, and friends had told him about this crazy band, and so he goes to mm-hmm. see them, and he's like, they're fucking amazing, I have to have them. Right. So, they put out an album in, like, 1986, and it was really fucking bad. Right. And they they knew it was really bad, but, you know, mm-hmm. that's okay to be that bad, because you're mostly just doing performance art. In 1990, Scum Dogs of the Universe was released. Now, this is a better album. I remember this album. Yeah. And they joke about how they got like real producers to do it. And the guy was like, you can't eat cheese before you record. (laughs) We're like drinking beer and smoking pot and you're concerned about cheese. All right,
1: dude. (laughs) It's going to affect the quality of your instrument, your vocal cords. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I like the fact that they talked about that this album was a lot better than the first one, but it takes them a while to really get it. (laughs) Right, snap
0: somewhere. yeah. I mean, they're playing these instruments in these crazy costumes. So it's, it can't mm-hmm. be easy, right? Um, no. They get much better at the costumes to where I think they're easier to work around and things like that, right? As materials evolve yes. and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the tour that they go on for Scum Dogs is about censorship. Mm-hmm. And of course, during the show or during the tour, I think it was in Charlotte, there was a particular scene where... There was a priest being violated by several objects. This is all fake, of course. It's a fake butt. It's a fake and everything. But right. because at that time it was a big to-do where the priests had been being mm-hmm. outed as molesting yep. boys, this was their comeuppance. The Charlotte police didn't think it was very funny. So they came into the dressing room where Dave is half out of his odorous orangus costume, but he still has the mm-hmm. cuttlefish Mm -hmm. the cuttlefish of Cthulhu which is actually his penis but they get away with it because it's a cuttlefish and the police are appalled and they take it and arrest Mm -hmm. Dave and they're gonna arrest the priest but they can't find him because this person's already out of costume and everyone's like we don't know where he went you know (laughs) (laughs) who could he be yeah so yeah Dave gets arrested for indecent no what is it I can't remember
1: I didn't get exactly what it was I just think it's funny that far be it from the police to be a big fan of political satire. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're not known for their sense of humor now, <laughs> right?
0: It was just like public indecency or some stupid shit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What
1: was the name of the judge <laughs> who oversaw <laughs> this? This is why I'm like, this can't be real. His name was Dick Boner. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of the whole thing is like, well, the only way they're going to believe us if we put a quote in the from paper. judge Boner in the papers so they show you like you know quotes that he said about the case but um, I was like it's. I mean that's legit I don't know so,
0: at what point in your adult life do you say I should probably go by Richard not dick, I mean especially as the judge come on now
1: well I'm gonna say that that name alone drove him to be very successful and obviously probably kind of a dick I mean apropos right <laughs> He had just one too many teasons mm. in middle school, and he was like, I'm going to show these motherfuckers, and then that's it. So <laughs> You're all going down. <laughs> right. Yeah, he seemed real chill and laid back. Mm. Mm-hmm. But
0: yeah, I mean, this actually got them quite a bit of publicity. <laughs> Unfortunately, some of the other shows got shut down before they even started because of it, mm-hmm. but a lot more people found out about them. You can think of kids that are like, oh yeah, I'm totally going to go check this band out now, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's a great example of there's no such thing as bad publicity. Yeah. Right? So. mm -hmm. They get $50,000
0: to do a music video, a song, a video. And they're like, Mm -hmm. this is more money than we've ever seen in our life. Fuck one (laughs) song. We're going to do a whole movie. (laughs) I love that.
1: (laughs) Right. They seem to master the art of the long form video after Mm -hmm. a while, of which this is the first, right? So this is Phallus in Wonderland. That's a great porn name. I mean, you know, we talk, we bitch a lot about the naming of things, but these cats have it down. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. They do do a great job.
0: Of course, Hunter wanted to direct and they were like, no. Mm -hmm. (sighs) He's really bitter. He's a bitter, bitter person. It's a lot of,
1: oh my God, Becky, just...
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the hair. I don't know. (laughs) So they get these cats from Canada to help them make the film. The director comes from Canada and apparently, yeah, within like the first day, this guy had like a nervous breakdown and left.
1: Yeah. And I think we can all agree it's probably because they're just too polite. They're too polite for the subject matter. Yeah,
0: I get that. I, get, I can yeah. see that. But everyone then takes on the part of directing and acting and creating sets and creating props. And they're doing everything. Like if they bring in family members. They bring in friends. Everyone is involved with this. Yes
1: people off the street
0: <laughs> <Just> hysterical <laughs> yeah also people are still trying to work real jobs to make money actual money and survive so it's a uh, mm-hmm. probably fairly stressful
1: indeed but in the end it got nominated for a grammy <laughs> have you seen this have you taken it in with your own eyeballs not the whole thing no okay i mean looks niche to me <laughs> from the stuff that they shared i've not seen the whole thing mm-hmm. but yeah the Grammy thing, how hilarious is that? Right. I
0: like how they're like, yeah, someone got fired over that, we're sure. That. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> like someone threw it in as a joke and they're like, yeah, totally, totally. And they yeah. just took it. It just gets through. Like people are like, <laughs> okay, like they don't know what they've signed up for. Mm-hmm. So they're told not to come in costume, which I think, nice try. Polite society. Right. Like, good work. Come on. <laughs> so of course... They do show up in costume, because who would they be? (laughs) If they didn't. Yes. But they kind of got in trouble for talking to and or looking at Shaka Khan and Lita Ford. They spilled a drink (laughs) on Lita Ford, yeah. Yes. yeah. (laughs) But they were being obnoxious and stuff, so I think they eventually got asked Mm. to leave. Yeah. I just can't imagine. Yeah. That would have been the Grammys to go to.
0: Right. (laughs) <laughs> they you know put their grown-up clothes on their suits and ties and that and go and sit down yes. for the rest of the show and they're like it was fucking boring the rest of the time but right the after shows were pretty good so yeah that's fun yep. of course they didn't win yeah. put that on there in 1992 America Must Be Destroyed was released and about this time Dewey had his own construction business and he was just mm-hmm. kind of going in a different direction so mm-hmm. he ends up quitting the band they need a new guitar mm-hmm. player so they get Pete Lee and his name is Flatus Maximus. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to tell you, this is how I heard of Guar. So, Gore was making videos, but they couldn't get on MTV. They didn't really have anywhere to put them. They don't fit anywhere.
1: Okay. Can I just say mm-hmm. something here? Yep. They use a lot of puppets and things like that. hmm And yet Land of Confusion made it, which is also a bunch of puppets. Yeah. Listen. It was polite puppetry. Is that what I'm t- <laughs> I think so
0: also phil collins looks like a divorced dad even when he was young so i think you know he's non-threatening he's got that receding in that tiktok
1: i sent you yesterday or whatever and it's like he looks like a russian mechanic <laughs>
2: yes.
1: yes it's such a stupid description but it's like the picture they were showing of him during yep. that i was like oh nailed it
0: <laughs> so funny So, Mike Judge, he's the creator of Beavis and Butt-Head, he really liked Guar and he had a lot of power over his own show, at least. Like, the people Mm -hmm. who put the videos on MTV were not going to tell him what to put on his show, so he's like, fuck you, Beavis and Butt-Head's favorite band is now Guar. And so they played videos of Guar. and I remember that's the first time I saw them. Right. And so then everyone wants to go see them because other Beavis and
1: Butthead fans why that was a show that was popular I will never understand it was so weird and now they're bringing more weird shit in which that part I do understand but why it was I saw a guy at Kroger two days ago in a Beavis and Butthead shirt
0: (laughs) you know what when I was younger I laughed not all the
1: time yeah but I
0: laughed a lot because it was so stupid
1: so stupid.
0: The ones that I never understood were like Aeon Flux or Dog Boy Man or whatever it was.
1: You raise an excellent point. Liquid television ones were really weird. (laughs) Aeon Flux. Jeez, I've not thought about that in (laughs) it. Yeah. So they
0: start making more and more appearances. They get bigger tours. I like how they are part of the Beavis and Butthead Sega Genesis game. Like the whole point is for Beavis and Butthead to get to a Guar concert. Yes. That's awesome. Loved it. They did Jerry Springer. They did Joan Rivers. God, I love her. She handled that so well. <laughs> like, at one point, she's like, You've already done that on Sally Jesse. It's fine.
1: <laughs> it's just so ridiculous to see them in these costumes. Like, on stage is one thing, right? But, like, mm-hmm. walking around with shoulder pads and like big horns and stuff growing out of them on a set for Joan Rivers is so surreal. Mm-hmm. It's so funny.
0: It looks better than, say, if I saw members of KISS walking around in full costume, because their boots, those boots for KISS were something else. And the fact that they could probably barely walk in them, I'm probably projecting I could not walk in them, so
1: <laughs> That's it true. would be just as weird. You're absolutely right. But it delighted me to know and to know that they had gone on those talk shows. I had no idea. <laughs> I loved it. Okay.
0: Joan, I fucking love Joan River. Yeah. yeah. They were in a movie called Mystery Date, and they were in Empire Records. I remember that.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: I love how Ethan Embry, who was the actor from Empire Records that kind of interacted Mm -hmm. with them, he talks about he was part of an actual live Guar show, and they filmed it for the movie. And they fed him to the maggot under the drums, which they often fed a member of the audience to the maggot under the drums. Right. And he was like, I was not the first person that week to go through it. So it was kind of gross. I'm like, it's adorable. You think they ever clean that out? Honestly. (laughs) That's
1: that's right. That's, um, that's like a iron skillet. Like it just gets a coat of seasoning and then that's that's what we're doing in there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Also to call out that in the movie, they did kind of a digitized over the cuttlefish Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (sighs) censors. Anyway.
0: Sensors. It's a cuttlefish, <laughs> right? <laughs> For their next movie in 1994, they decided to make Skullhead Face.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What I love about this is that they have twice the budget of Phallus in Wonderland, and about mm-hmm. half the plot is what I got from it. Because <laughs> yeah. they have no real leader. It's just a little bit of everything thrown in, and so no mm-hmm. one knows what the point is. And I think yeah. they thought it would be a midnight cult film, yes. much like a Racerhead mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Right?
1: yeah. Midnight movies. Yeah. They were kind of shooting for that. Mm-hmm. They have some cameos. Sebastian Bach made it.
0: I love that. Sebastian Bach is one of those people that you don't think about because I love Skid Row. I saw him in concert and he's beautiful. Uh, yeah. But he was also he did Broadway as Jesus Christ Superstar. He did things like this. He played in Gilmore Girls. He's done
1: everything, honestly. It's amazing. The triple threat. Right? I mean, I haven't seen him dance, but he was on Broadway. I assume there's dancing. There's at least a little soft shoe involved, I'm sure of it. (laughs) Soft shoe. Get the (laughs) fuck (laughs) out of (laughs) here. All right, now I'm going to go find that on YouTube later. (laughs) But he's getting the coolness sucked out of him, so I assume that took a while. So he seems pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (sighs) But unfortunately, they didn't need a lot of love for this one. Not a lot of nods. No Grammy. Mm Mm-mm. Maybe if they had more plot, (laughs) you know, Uh, I mean, they discussed
0: how they thought they were getting bigger and bigger. They wanted to have merchandise. They wanted to have comic Mm -hmm. books based on guar. They wanted to have movies. They wanted to be as they quoted punk rock Disney, which seems excessive, but I would go to that amusement park. Just so you know. I mean, I'd like
1: to see the safety record, but (laughs) damn it, I'm so not (laughs) punk. I'm so not good at this. (laughs) What if there were no rides? It was just, I don't know, fun visual stuff. I mean, could be. I know it's not going to be about the music as much as they try to sell me on that. I'm like, no, I understand how punk started. So, In
0: 1994, they have a release of this Toilet Earth album. During recording, they're actually mixing the album. They're driving back to Richmond for a photo shoot and there's a car that cuts them off. It's this whole big thing where these people are trying to rob them. I'm sure they don't know their They're in a station wagon. Who's robbing a fucking station wagon,
1: right? I have a lot of questions about this episode. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Okay. Go, please continue.
0: So as soon as the car cuts them off and kind of hits them, they stop. They see these cats jump out. They have weapons. So they're like fucking gunning and they drive really fast and they're getting shot at while they're driving away.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Pete gets shot and in the process of people freaking out over Pete being shot, The driver hits the median, blows a couple tires. So now they're stranded. They're about five blocks away from where they were shot at.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: All of a sudden, another car comes flying around the corner. They assume it's the same guys. And so they all scatter. Except Pete, Mm -hmm. because he's shot. And in theory, they think he's dying. And Dirks, who stays with him. Stays
1: with him. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I love that because even Pete's like, dude, I would have fucking run. I don't know what's wrong with that (laughs) cab. (laughs) I
1: would have fucking run. Okay. Dirks seems like an honorary Aaron because he's cool. He's Mm -hmm. in a punk band and he seems to be so sweet. Yes. He can totally be an
0: honorary. He can be an honorary AA Ron.
1: Oh, there you go. All right. I'm digging Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So did you catch the part where they're like, it turns out these guys that were shooting at us and stuff were the gang patrol. Okay. The ones that were shooting at them
0: were not the gang patrol. The second car that pulled up, that's a different car. Yes. They were cops who were dressed as, like, gang members because they, like, were undercover infiltrated gangs or some shit. I don't know. They thought they were a gang, so they come out and they yes. have guns and listen, okay. he's probably like, fuck, I've already been shot once. <laughs> Why not? You
1: know? Right. Well, so, the problem is Pete ends up with a colostomy bag. I mean, he's pretty
2: Messed majorly
1: up. injured. I mean, he has to take some of his guts out and stuff. Mm-hmm. and And then you're You're a rock musician. You're on the road, on tour. And could you imagine trying to maintain a healthy lifestyle? I mean, they're young at this point. Nobody takes Mm -hmm. care of themselves when they're young. Mm -mm. So he's trying to, like, play on stage with a colostomy bag. (laughs) Just like Pete. Not just trying. He successfully is up there playing
0: in costume with this colostomy bag. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude. That is... Now, that's fucking punk. I mean... Right. (laughs) honestly point <laughs>
1: right so yeah the show must go on right they mm-hmm. have to have that photo shoot so it gets done more or less not all the right people are there to do it but well i think what's interesting about this is is pete continues on as soon as he's out of the hospital he continues
0: on because mm-hmm. they weren't touring prior to him being out pretty, mm-hmm. i don't think because they're still mixing the album however dirks isn't okay he has like ptsd from it yeah. and he, yeah. he has to step away for a bit
1: yeah, because he's a deep feeler. Yeah, honorary AA yeah. Ron. Yeah, he's the feels, and I he's love the him. Feels.
0: So. <laughs> so, yeah, he <laughs> does a photo shoot and then he leaves. So no more, no more Dirks, right? So Pete knows someone who can be the new bass player. He's Casey, or who is from Rigamortis. So he's mm-hmm. got like legit metal chops. Mm-hmm. He becomes Beefcake the Mighty Number Two, Four, Six, Eight, and Ten. Now. Is that because he's he comes in and he's the second one and then someone else comes back and then he's like okay I'll come back and it, he just switches on and off because every time and sometimes you need a break is that how that works I mean
1: I think they have a bit of a rotation with some of these things right yeah didn't they say at the end that in Guar over time there must have been like a hundred people and I'm like yeah oh my god
0: but that's including artists too right the oh, people of backstage and everything it's just this huge yeah. like we said collective but yeah yeah. Right around this time, Metal Blade is being picked up by Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. And the first album they're going to release under the new Warner Brothers label is a Guar album. Unfortunately, it mm-hmm. contains a song called BDF, which stands for Baby Dick Fuck. And, <laughs> <laughs> jeez, Dave Brocky, I swear to God. So Warner Brothers is like, um, no, we'll not be doing <laughs> Maybe that. Maybe not if... so much of that. If you remove that song, then we'll put the album out. We'll push you to the next level, right? You'll be amazing.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And Dave, you know, they huddle and he stands up and gives an essentially, what is it a Mark Anthony level fucking speech here. <laughs> and uh, yes. we will never be, you know, told what to do
1: with our art. We're not going to and... sell out to you. Yeah, basically.
0: So, yeah, no, they, they don't back down. They will not take the song out. And so... Metal Blade, back in Guar, loses their deal with Warner Brothers. Mm -hmm. That's a big deal. One, that gives me so much respect for Metal Blade, but also I'm like, dude, that sucks that you lost out because of that.
1: Again, we come back to this. If you started off in the punk scene with a punk attitude, you're not selling out. You know what I mean? Well, even Dirk
0: said, we never really got a chance to sell out because they weren't offering us
1: a whole lot.
0: (laughs) And if they did, we probably would have sold out. Right, right. In 1995, Ragnarok, Ragnarok, mm-hmm. sorry, came out. It's an album, and this is
1: about the time that Hunter decides to take off again. So he and Dave have had problems for a while. I think they're struggling for leadership. They don't understand the concept of the co, <laughs> the co-ruler, yeah. if you will, of the co-leader situation. So I think that they cause a lot of tension for everybody, and so it kind of boils over, right? Mm-hmm. it does I was thinking like wouldn't this make the greatest moment in behind the music where you're like creative struggles behind the scenes cause the band to break up you know what I mean this is this is exactly mm-hmm. what it sounds like every time I watch one of those I mean not now yeah. like 10 years ago
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah but I don't think that VH1 would ever mention even the name Guar so they were a little less edgy All right. VH1 was the one who did behind the music right I think so Okay, they come out with another album, Carnival of Chaos, in 1997, and mm-hmm. they talk about how this is the, the stage where they're getting kind of silly. Like they're not even making it punk or rock; they're just making mm-hmm. whatever they want and just doing kind mm-hmm. of stupid shit.
1: Are you impressed by the level of? It says it sounds like they're touring a ton, and then they're also putting albums out every 10 minutes. That's a lot to me, and like uh, on top of like all of the stuff that's required to do the costumes and all that. I just was really, you know, as, even as we go through here and we're like, well, they put an album out in 94 and then they put an album out in 95. And that's just a ton, a ton of work. Yep. So it is.
2: Yeah.
0: And yeah, they toured yearly. I think they still tour every year. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's a lot of work for very little return. I would feel like, because mm-hmm. I think the cost of doing the shows like this is so mm-hmm. high that you're really not taking in much money
1: right? Well, there's a lot of overhead, too, because they talk about not every band has to take a semi full of junk with them. Right, right. So, you know, you have extra setup, you have extra teardown. I mean, there's just all kinds of extra complications that a lot of other acts probably don't have to deal with. Right. They
0: get a new lead guitarist, Zach Blair. This Mm -hmm. is because Pete finally is told, hey, dude, you're you need to take a break to get mm-hmm. healthy, which is mm-hmm. how they thought they said it. What Pete heard was get the fuck out.
1: <laughs> it's hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. His
0: health was not doing well and he needed a break and he knew it. He knew it too. Mm-hmm. So they get Zach Blair in. he's the new flatus Maximus number four, if you will.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: he's the new lead guitarist. He talks about a time when they went to Europe and he gets to the airport and he sees Dave Brockie dressed as the Terminator. Yes. And this cat stayed in character for, like, months
1: as the Terminator. How annoyed would you be? Like, funny at the beginning.
0: Five minutes. Yep, that's it. That's what you get. Right.
1: And then the Daniel Day-Lewis level of dedication to this is really quite impressive. For no reason. (laughs) Right? I mean, it's not like he was
0: getting in character for a movie. He has to actually get in character for a show, which is separate from this character. And it's just, Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess once in New Orleans... Zach said that he hears running behind him. He turns around. He sees Dave Brocky in a motorcycle jacket, motorcycle boots, sunglasses, and nothing else running down the
1: streets masturbating. Right. A bit of a Donald Ducan situation
0: or mm-hmm. Pooh Bear
1: if you prefer, but yeah.
0: I hope drugs were involved <laughs> is all I got to say. You do that shit sober. That's a whole different level.
1: I think it's a good time though, to talk about Dave seems like a kind of hard to handle person, like just on all the time, which you mentioned before, but to be around that all the time, I don't know. I don't know. It's gotta I think to be exhausting. I, uh, yeah. yeah. Very intense, extremely creative, but I mean, just what he puts out there, I think would wear anybody out.
0: Yeah. It would be exhausting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's someone like you want to be around, but then at a certain point, you've got to be able to remove yourself from it. Right.
1: Uh, yeah. Being stuck
0: on a bus with someone like that might push me over the edge.
1: Yes. Extremely fun in small doses. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he understood boundaries. I don't think anybody was able to say, like, no, I'm not interested in this. And then he had a lot of weird beliefs because it talks about, about the time that Hail Bop and Heaven's Gate was going on. He was super into that and I was like, ooh, tie-in. <laughs> i make sure I wrote that down. Right. And then also things like the slave pit becomes almost an entity of itself to Dave, and like there was almost a spinoff situation going on there too. Mm-hmm. And again, it's it's just like, what are you doing? So yeah, a lot of drugs. That's what he was doing. I mean, did you get the thing where they said he put the LSD in his eye? Yes. Yeah, they had a fan that sent them
0: like large contain, like bottles, and it's not vats. I mean, it's like an a eyedropper bottle. <laughs> But still a vat. Yeah, full of liquid LSD. And they would just keep it in the slave pit fridge or whatever. And one day he comes in and squirts a whole bunch in his eye and then is like gone for three, four days and then comes back like nothing happens. I'm like, oh
1: my God. Yeah. Yeah. I'm stressed just thinking about it. I think the eyeball delivery system of any medication is somewhat problematic to me. I just. We talked about that the other day, like, Whoa. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> that definitely keyed into that. I was like, yowza. Okay. <laughs> mm.
2: Yeah.
0: Chuck, who was the sex executioner, left around this time. He said it, it was just no longer fun to do. Mm-hmm. Danielle, who was Slymenstra Hyman, she left. Mm-hmm. Um, She felt like she was no longer growing as an artist. They wouldn't
1: let her really explore much else. And so... She... Well she had some other stuff on the side going too, so yeah. she was able to kind of leverage that. Mm-hmm. Also, I think it's worth saying at this point that part of the reason that some of these people left was Dave was taking over all the bits and stuff, so they had kind of a game plan for their shows or mm-hmm. interviews and whatever, and he would just glom onto everything and they would get no ability or, or a chance to to have the spotlight even for a little while. So mm-hmm. yikes.
0: Yeah. They're going to make uh, another film. It's called This is Sleazy. Hunter finally gets mm-hmm. to direct, but Dave was the producer. And so, of course, Hunter says that half the crew didn't show up. The others would make stupid mm-hmm. mistakes. Hunter gets pissed off and he leaves. Seems that's a pattern.
1: <laughs> One could say. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. It's Sleazy is released in 2000. Dave and others found out Hunter was making guar merch. On the Mm -hmm. side and selling it and keeping the money for himself. Right. sounded like he had kind of siphoned off a little bit of money for the making of the film to help Mm -hmm. publish that and get it started. That's kind of sketchy. Because he had talked about having a separate account and that it was going to cost money to do this. Mm -hmm. Right. And so once the other members find out, they're like, well, that's kind of shitty that you're Mm -hmm. selling this merch for the band without contributing any of the money to the band. And I see both sides. I see him saying, I fucking made all the merch. I should get the money, but Mm -hmm. also the merch is based off of the band that they're all part of that they didn't sanction. So,
1: yeah. They also mentioned that when they all went to get high, Hunter was on the parking lot selling this stuff. So that's part of it. Mm -hmm. And then also, I I mean, harken back to the beginning when we said when they were getting started, Hunter was financing everything with his money Mm -hmm. as a prison guard. So I thought it was interesting that when it was convenient, nobody else was contributing any dollars. He was the one that was funding everything. Now, I think really what the issue here was is they didn't know about it. Right. Yeah. So I agree that the shadiness is probably not the best way to go, especially when it seems like money breaks up every decent band eventually. Mm-hmm. I guess it's good that you and I don't make any money at this yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we don't have a plan to put together on how to slip anything. Right. But yeah. So I, I thought it was interesting that they didn't kind of, or he, at least he didn't say anything about it. But like at one point he was the financier.
2: Mm-hmm. So I,
1: I mean, you're right. You can see both sides. Right. And he, it was Hunter
0: that said that he was selling it while they were getting high. So that's, a, yeah. oh, okay. that might not have been a completely <laughs> accurate Do you statement. feel he wasn't a
1: teetotaler? He doesn't right. give off that yeah. vibe at
2: the time. <laughs>
0: Also, at the end of a show, while he's out there selling it, what are they doing? They're probably packing up, cleaning up. There's probably a shit ton of work to do. And that's when people are in the parking lot. Sure. And that's probably when he was selling shit. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I, again, if he made it, he should be making mm-hmm. the profit off of it, in my opinion. Plus, mm-hmm. Guar, in theory, was originally his idea. So, yes, it grew from that. But I don't know. I don't know. He he doesn't seem like someone who wants to share anything. 100%. So he doesn't yep. seem like a very good team player. And in the end it's probably best that he wasn't in the band the whole time, right? I don't know. It's
1: it is what it is. Well, it's hard to say. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. I just I think it's so it's just really telling that money seems to come between everybody eventually, and that mm-hmm. sucks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he said that's when he got fired, although it was essentially mm-hmm. I think he had already planned on leaving. Is the way he made it sound and everyone else made it sound.
1: But do you think that men just can't deliver any kind of bad news to one another like hey we got together pete and we were thinking maybe you need to take a break and he immediately heard well you guys hate my face and you want me to go away same thing with hunter (laughs) i don't know i just think it's really funny when they're like it's it's two very extremely different messages that happened at one meeting so right i was thinking about somebody we used to work with who took the weirdest had the weirdest takeaways from meetings that we attended. And I'm like, I, I didn't hear any of that at all. <laughs> I was just like, Oh no, that is not what was said. Not even close. Right. So I feel like that's what's going on here. Possibly possibly,
0: they hear what they want to hear. <laughs> right. Yeah. And now, I mean, they're all getting older now. Right. I like how they're like, listen, we're not going to get rich doing this. Mm-hmm. Don was pretty much done with the band he moved out of Richmond. Some moved to LA, some to Dallas, some to New York. It was essentially they were on a hiatus. Mm-hmm. Dave Dirks and Brad were the only ones left. The slave pit location was essentially sold to someone and they were gonna mm-hmm. make it into like a used car lot or something crazy. <laughs> Casey and Zach were able to talk them into the next album going back to like metal. Let's do metal mm-hmm. again. Let's stop doing mm-hmm. stupid shit and put mm-hmm. out a good rock album and they do violence has arrived is released in 2001 and it was pretty good Matt describes that when he was on hiatus it's the most money he ever made (laughs) as an adult because he got to do like real commercial stuff or movies as he Mm -hmm. was you know remember he was the artist he was the one who made a lot of these costumes and special effects Mm -hmm. and stuff so but they went ahead Bobby and Matt took over the creation of the props for once Chuck Dunn and Hunter were gone it was up to those two to kind of take it over Bob Gorman became Bonesnapper the Cave Troll. That's a great name. I know. Matt McGuire became Sawborg Destructo.
2: hmm
0: So they were also used on stage
1: as minions, if you will. Right, because they had said for a long time they were really overlooked and it was a lot of, I don't know what you want to say, they just got taken for granted and it was mm-hmm. really their blood, sweat, and tears that made a lot of this stuff come together. Mm-hmm. And nobody really considers that until they're gone, right? So I thought it was really cool that they got kind of the best come up, and like they were able to be like, "Then we want to be on stage," and <laughs> so that was really cute,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? Because there are a lot of people on stage who aren't playing instruments, right? They play different roles, so it's good that they could do that.
1: Well, they talked to you about like this is a time where they got their shit together, and it was really efficient, like setting up and tearing down. And my organizational brain gets very excited about that i'm like oh yeah that's some shit i can get behind yeah
0: yeah because they said they never did festivals because it took too long to set up and tear mm-hmm. down right mm-hmm. and so they lean engineered that shit you know they got rid of shit they didn't need and so it was a short show and you know they're doing a half an hour show i cannot imagine a half an hour Guar show and how much they put into that but that's crazy sure. they got it done and they started taking essentially every offer that came their way to do a show
2: so they're mm-hmm. just
0: touring a lot at this point, Dave has a bad back, but he's still jumping around stage and doing crazy shit. So they talk about, unfortunately, he started taking a lot of Oxycontin. Yeah. And, you know, even though previously he had worked very hard, like he would help sit up, he would help tear down, he would do the show, he would do all those things, but then he would party hard after. It got to the point where he was like, not there for sound Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I like how Zach was like, listen, I, he could see where it was going. Didn't Mm -hmm. want to watch it happen and kind of talk to Dave like, hey, this is a bad scene. Dave's like, oh yeah, I promise I'll stop, I'll stop, I'll stop. And of course he never did, so Zach leaves. right? Sure. And I get that, right? If there's nothing you can do, are you just going to sit and watch it happen? I get that.
1: Yeah, it's good that he had some options. And and maybe that, I don't know, you want to think that maybe that kind of showed the writing on the wall? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure most people who... New Dave saw everything coming. Corey takes on the flattest costume to play lead guitar. Mm-hmm. Someone said he was such a little caveman full of metal, and I love that description. <laughs> yeah, that's <was> super fun. <laughs> they put out some more albums. They play the sounds of the Underground Festival, which really introduced him to a much younger crowd. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was super cool. I know. I love when new generations get to hear fun stuff. Kind of like what's happening with Metallica and Kate Bush after... The Stranger Things stuff. Yeah. That new kids are listening to it now. I love that.
1: Well, my kid, my younger kid, loves 90s jams. I don't know. It's so funny. Like, he wants to DJ when we get in the car. And I'm like, is that cake? <laughs> I <laughs> hear Just <tripping>. <laughs> So weird. Yeah, I think they love to rediscover things. And they're like, oh, they had some good jams back then. And I'm like, yes, we did. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs>
0: In 2010, they're on the Bloody Pit of Horror tour. They're headed to Canada, and they stop to get passports and that, and
1: Cory mm-hmm.
0: doesn't wake up. He had died of a blood clot. Yeah. Poor baby Cory. Yep.
1: Yeah. It's rough.
0: Yeah. What I love about these cats is when they're talking about their friends, or even, it doesn't even have to be the death of a friend, just different situations, you can see them getting very emotional. And these are people you wouldn't consider, right? They're, oh, death metal, blah. we don't have emotions. But they- <laughs> Obviously care very much. I love seeing that they're just real human beings. Yes.
1: I would imagine you feel like you go to war with these people because you just spend so much time. Nobody right. has a job that long anymore. No.
0: No. Right? I mean unless you're unless you're in the stones, yeah. Right? They've been together forever. <laughs> yes. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they do continue with the tour, they only cancel one show. And then I think they discussed they you know it was it allowed them to grieve together. Mm-hmm. They felt like if they separated at that time, they would just break down, right? Yeah. I get that. Work allows you to not have to think about it. Absolutely.
1: Also, I mean, how many people do you know that, like, express their emotions through music? Like, you put on a sad song to cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it might have been a, some of that as well. Right.
0: I like how they said if you die as that character, the character dies. So now there's no more Flatus Maximus. He's, mm-hmm. he's been retired. Enter Postulus Maximus. Mm-hmm. Brent Perguson, he joins the band. And I like how he's kind of, his wife was friends with Corey's wife. So he felt like no one else could take this role. I have to step into this role. And
1: mm-hmm. so they
0: give him Postulus Maximus, which is a close relation to Flatus. Yes. So
1: that's good. I like a backstory. Yeah. <laughs> I like some lore, you know. that's <laughs> pretty fun. I also like the fact that Guar ends up on Viva La Bam which is another MTV joint. Mm-hmm. And then there's weird owl and odorous. There's an animation, like there's a cartoon yeah. about the two of them going out and what he's, he's going to start doing children's shows or like children's birthdays because he's, <laughs> he can't do Guar shows anymore or something like that. And it's so weird. And he steals weird Al's face to do a the show. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Unfortunately, in 2014, Dave Brockie dies of a heroin mm. overdose. And a lot of people assumed that that was it. That was done. Guar was done. Yeah. No more. I remember when he passed, I remember them doing like... they And they show footage from... It was like a big party to celebrate him. And yeah. they had like old members. But I think... I want to say that they allowed like the public to come or or maybe they sold tickets or something. It was something where... I felt like if you could get there, you could go. Right. But I might be mistaken. But yeah, they gave Odorus, Rungus, an actual Viking funeral.
1: I saw that.
0: <laughs> uh, wow. And I like that his headstone also is in tribute to Odorus, right? Not just him. Yes. Not just Dave, yep. but the character. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I mean, you put your life's work into something. It's nice mm-hmm. that that tie in was there. As a person who likes to walk around in cemeteries, just because A, I find them very peaceful. And also yeah. the shit you read on these stones is something else. <laughs> I just saw one a couple weeks ago that said died of lack of sex. And I had to take a picture and send it to everyone. Cause I was like, <laughs> you guys are not going to believe what I saw today. <laughs> I mean, it's real. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like and a far less famous person, as far as I understand. Yeah. So. Did you see the... There's a segment where Dave is on video kind of talking about how proud he is of Guar and all that kind of stuff. And it was like, you know, if I died, then I'd be okay with it because this has been more than I could have ever wanted. And I thought that was Mm -hmm. really cool that they, you know, kind of included that he felt like he had a full life because of that. I mean, 50 is not that old as I am nigh just around the
2: corner.
0: (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I would imagine that would be a very fulfilling life because they did it. And many people said, you don't do guar to get rich or famous. You do it because you love
1: it. Right. You have to love and I mean, it. Or you, how yeah. many people food them off, especially saying like, that's not real art. nobody's ever going to like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yes, it's not conventional. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's offensive. Not everybody is going to like a monstrous talking toilet, mm-hmm. but there are a few <laughs> weirdos out there. They're going to love it because it's different and it's unique. And it's, Mm -hmm. satire and it's great
0: and every year you could go and someone else made a comment like this but every year you could see the enemies of that year get killed Mm -hmm. i watched them kill saddam hussein and george w bush and i don't know how many other people depending on which year you went to sure yeah they killed all the the bad people for the year and it's somewhat cathartic to be like yeah even though in reality they're still fucking up everyone's life but (laughs) yeah you know at the time you're like yeah It's nice to see that.
1: But isn't that what free speech is all about? Like, you get to say Mm -hmm. the stuff that maybe not everybody wants to hear. That's the freedom of choice. Just, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah. So I like how someone, anyone who's like, well, without Brocky, there's no Guar. And Dirk said, yeah, ever since your grandma died, your family sucks. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: right. Well, I mean, think, right. about, think about all the great frontmen. You know what I mean? Forever. It's, you know, Van Halen got shit. I mean, Journey got shit. I mean, okay, maybe it's AC, not. DC, yeah. I mean, forever, right? Mm-hmm. I think it was really interesting that he was an amazing frontman, like, among the best. I'm thinking, like, who else? Freddie Mercury. I mean, he was an amazing mm-hmm. frontman. But, mm-hmm. I, you know, who who could top a Dave Rocky?
0: That I don't know. great
1: question. Mm-hmm.
0: But... What they did do is they got Mike Bishop back and he became mm-hmm. Blothar the Berserker. And it was nice to have someone who was there before come back in and step in and help them heal and become a lead sure. singer for the band and put on this new character. And it, it, he sounds great. It, it looks like the show was still amazing. I have not seen them since I don't know, late aughts. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure it's still absolutely as amazing as it was before. Yeah. I would still go see
1: it even without odors. I think probably the production value has changed, right? So they've refined mm-hmm. their skills. It's gotten a little bit better. It's probably just as graphic and crazy as it always has been. And I'm telling mm-hmm. you, again, the footage that they show is just amazing. So, yeah, I can imagine that it's come a long way, baby, again. But, yeah, mm-hmm. why not go and see and see what they're up to, right?
0: Yeah. They still put out new stuff. 2017, Blood of Gods came out. Mm-hmm. Also about that time, Dirks found out he had myelofibrosis.
2: Mm-hmm. That
0: was during the Warped Tour. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty rare bone marrow cancer. I had to look that up. It's right. pretty gnarly, but he beat it. He is currently in 100% remission, so he's touring mm-hmm. with them again. Yeah. And that's awesome.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They bring Hunter back. Yeah, they do. After several years of being away, so... I thought that was kind of interesting. And uh the last thing I noted was that they have the guar bar. <laughs> they like, do. How yes. Fun would that be? It's in Richmond, Virginia, of course. So. Right? Well, yeah, I'm like they have the guar
0: bar, they have like a guar museum somewhere, mm-hmm. they have comic books now. Matt does the comic books for them. Mhm. Do you think that pissed Hunter off because he was wanting to do the comic book for him and they got pissed off?
1: I mean, it's hard to say, right? Like, I, I hope with age comes some kind of perspective, and if there's room enough for everyone here, you don't have to rank it like that. But he seems like a cat that doesn't learn learn that lesson too easily, yeah. so I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think someday we need to go to the Guar bar. I am 100% in on that. I would love to see it. So
0: the end bits, the sex executioner moved to New York where he builds props for Broadway and performs his own fantasy theater burlesque show with his wife. That's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Slyminster Hyman toured the world as Miss Electra and then started a girly fresh show. She now builds props and sets for movies, TV, and big pop stars. Mm-hmm. Sleazy runs two YouTube channels, Sleazy P. Martini and What Did You Do in Guar Daddy. hmm <laughs> women moved to LA, focused on fine arts, and most notably created the world-renowned Global Angel Wings Project. We didn't really talk mm-hmm. about her. Colette, she was early on. Mm-hmm. She dated Dave Brockie, and when they broke mm-hmm. up, she essentially got booted. Right. Flattus Maximus II moved back to Dallas and was eventually diagnosed with PTSD. He still performs with his brother, and Rock and Roll is dead. Mm-hmm. Flattus Maximus IV, I believe, got drafted into Rise Again. Techno Destructo became a wrestler in LA and shows his art in fine galleries. That's Hunter, in case you uh forgot because there were a lot of names involved here. What a great
1: description. Then he's a wrestler and does fine arts.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess be careful you don't ruin your hands. Whatever. <laughs> That's right. Yeah.
1: Don't ruin the money maker.
0: In 2020, sawborg finally convinced Techno to perform at the band again, the first time mm-hmm. in over 20 years. And yeah, they're still touring. And like I said, they'll be in Indianapolis in September.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So Aaron, if you want to go. The best part about going now. So when I started going, I was in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a couple years ago. And <laughs> now when you go, it's funny because the crowd is so much older. So you okay. watch them start to make like last time I went. And again, it's been over a decade since I been, And you would see these guys like, yeah, we're totally going to make a pit. And it, it gets slow real fast. Like this, and we're winded, we can't keep this kind of energy up,
1: <laughs> right?
0: But yeah, it's pretty interesting to watch.
1: I can't wait, <laughs> especially now we're like, people are going back to touring, people are going back to mm-hmm. going to see people live. Mm-hmm. I know I have yet to make my first one, but I have lots of plans for the rest of the year, so yeah. But I really enjoyed it. I didn't really know anything about them, unbelievably, and I can't believe I've missed it, but I understand why they have such a great following. They are amazing. So yeah. yeah. Yep. I'm
0: glad I got to see it. I mean, even though I've seen them several times over, I didn't really look into them much. Mm-hmm. So it was good to know how they came about and, you know, just kind of their, their story, which I loved.
1: Yeah. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about next week? yes what are we doing next week okay so we're gonna do street gang how we got to sesame street (laughs) this is from hbo max we didn't know about this one it was somebody at work that let us know that it was out there Mm -hmm. so 2021 release about an hour and 47 minutes of what i have Mm -hmm. and uh yeah since uh (laughs) as we're taking a departure from the horrible we'll we'll keep on with a little bit of lighter Going from Gwar to Sesame Street, it's like paradigm shifting without a clutch kind of thing. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Still performance art, if you will, but uh, still puppet related.
0: Yes. yes. See, yeah. they're all connected. Yeah. They're, they're all brilliant. connected.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll ask you guys to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at GoDocYourself. And uh, we've really enjoyed talking about this. I hope you've enjoyed it as well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanks for joining, everybody. And we'll talk to you next week. Okay, later.
2: Thank you. Bye. <laughs>